right, welcome on to the Los Links Talk Show. We are back. It is post-All-Star WNBA season, more than halfway done, probably like two-thirds of the way done, actually, at this point. And we're here uh, today joined by none other than the radio voice of the Minnesota Lynx. It is Sloan Martin. Hello, Sloan. Hello. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. Yes, we're here in the studio, the home studio, you know, the the, the Lynx Dynasty Wolvescast home studio. And uh, yeah, I think this is the first... Um, Los Links show that I've done, Los Links talk show I've done here. So welcome. Oh, you're, you're, that, we're, we're doing it. This is nice. This is nice. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I take my little mobile recorder and you know meet up somewhere or something like that. But you know, you were coming home on the train, and I said, let's just let's come to the house. Yeah, it works. <laughs> this is really nice for it being your first time recording. In here. All right. Well, um, Sloan, you know her as uh, the radio voice of the Lynx. Uh, first season on the job doing that, but last season she covered the Lynx as well. Uh, uh, as a reporter for the Athletic, um, Sloan Martin, you know Sloan Martin. But um, this year, uh, yeah, first first year as 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 a radio voice links. But we're gonna get to that in a little bit. First, we want to talk about um, how you got into basketball and your history with basketball and your history with the links. Um, Sloan Martin is a baller. Um, you know, I literally, guess you, could say that. you were literally a baller. It's not like a term used to describe yourself. Like, oh, I'm ball. You you are a basketball player. I mean, it might have been a while, but. Uh, Talk, let's talk about that. When did you get started and, and what were your early days of playing basketball way up through college days? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I played like as a kid. I didn't really pay attention to like other sports in the sports world till I got to high school. And then I was just hooked on women's college basketball and the WNBA. That's I just watched it so much, which is what makes my job really easy these days is that I just know everything about every player. It's not in new the at all. Right now. No, yeah. it's not. There's no real like studying between games we'll get to that but did you have it, to pass uh, a test to to you know did you have to pass like a hey you're going to be calling WNBA games who's this quick say the name no i didn't but i would <laughs> completely pass i don't even like memorize numbers because i know what everyone looks wow. like and how they play and so the new jersey change hasn't affected you you're like i don't no. need numbers on the front <laughs> no i've heard from other broadcasters who were like tearing their hair out because their ponytail is covering the numbers and they're just like who is this and yeah. i just I just know it, yeah. So you grew up watching the game. Yeah. Yes, grew up watching the game, played through high school. I played AAU with actually some wow. Division One players. Um, not anyone people might have heard of, but like they went to Power 5 nice. programs. Yeah. And that was another exposure to me of how this game is. That I played and worked so hard, like busted all of our butts. <laughs> competing and working and training like all took it really seriously and i saw how hard they worked and how talented they were and that exposure has carried me through out this career where it's like if i you know if my job is women's sports for my entire life that's a victory for me um and that's why i have become so passionate about women's sports because i saw firsthand how good they are and these were players who were not even drafted, not in the conversation, like let yeah. alone the 144 players, you know, uh-huh. on rosters in this league. So I was, let's see, how do I, how can I be kind to myself saying this? <laughs> I am too short to be a Division One center. Mm. I'm only six feet tall. Although I guess only. I could have been like, I could have been like a Nina Davis or something like for Baylor a couple okay. of years ago. Yeah. She was like a really great rebounder, like five foot nine, but I'm definitely not like 130 pounds like she was. You're a small ball five. Yeah. You know what? I should have been that <laughs> yeah. would have been, um, you know, there were some players out there. Uh-huh. Um, 
And then so decided to play Division Three. went across the country to New York State. I grew up in Los Angeles. Thought, we're going to win. I went to uh, St. John Fisher, which is um, in, in Rochester, New York. They had frequently gone to NCAA tournaments, and then wow. we were just consistently 500. Mm. So that was just my luck. Still no winning in my personal life. Wow. Okay. But talk like about your personal game, though. Like we were just talking off mic about like Tina Charles and like yes. other players that you like really enjoyed watching. Like in, in you know when you played and stuff. Like what were some other players like that that maybe you were watching and being like, oh, I want to be like this player. My game yes. is like I want my game to be like this player. I would have always been attracted to and have loved like exquisite footwork uh-huh. and this innate sense in the post of what to do because that was so difficult for me to just feel someone to see people around you and to make decisions i would plan things out too much Uh and that's kind of like my nature in general to overthink things and to stress about things so i think when i watch players like tina charles who just have this innate ability to move in the post with their back to the basket i loved lauren jackson growing up although Definitely not a perimeter player and three-point shooter like she was. She was kind of like that first of that big kind of bringing her game outside before, you know, everyone does that now. Yeah. Um, this is a very random one. You probably haven't heard of her, but her name is Brooke Smith. She no, went to Duke it. and then to Stanford. Okay. And another great post player. Wow. I have a lot of respect for Megan Gustafson. Mm. Like, how, do, how does a person with a defender shoot 70%? In the Big Ten. Yeah. Like, so no matter what kind of like what happens and, you know, the debate about her being the national mm. player of the year and, and drafted. Roster, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. As a college player, as a Hawkeye, loved watching her because I just love that the footwork, the ability to move and just make it so graceful. I think that's a big thing for me. Yeah, you're you're right about the footwork. I never really thought about that too much. I'm also a tall person and also a, a center type person. You know, when I play basketball, I, I should be posting up more than I do. But it is crazy to think about like how much they're freestyling out there. Like professional oh, yeah. post players, like kind of like you're saying, like not predetermining which way you're going to go. It's based based on feel. But then again, again, you're you're by, by definition your back is to the player who's guarding you. So yeah. how do you know which way they're leaning? I guess you can feel it a little bit on your back. Like, yep. but yeah, I've never been good at that either. Of like counter moves like in the post right like yeah i kind of just predetermined right you know right shoulder or left shoulder turn and go from there but it's i just can't imagine that people have multiple counters to stuff it's like how did you know exactly <laughs> how did you know they were going to go there and so you had to counter back to your left or whatever it was and that that really like innate is a great word for it right because it's just in them and there are high level division one players who don't have that who don't have the footwork who are mm. able to get off on their athleticism sure um, or their power, their strength, they're just barreling their way to the basket. So when I see someone who is like dancing there, <laughs> I just absolutely love it. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's good stuff. That's that's really the best. That's the beauty of the of the post, right? Isn't the footwork yes. and stuff like that? Because you're otherwise it's just kind of power and simple moves. But yeah, the, the footwork really sets it apart. And that's what I like so much about Tina Charles, for example, because yeah. I I still like. A mid-range game. Uh-huh. Someone who will face up, jab yeah. fake from 10 feet out, and then just knock down, you know, a little shot there. Who's like the new Tina? Is it like NECA, I guess? Like, who's like the good, like, you know, great footwork down low? And, you know, may, you know, she's maybe not as, like, consistent. Now she's kind of stretching out to three a little bit more, which, you know, Tina could shoot it, like you're saying. But yeah. maybe not known as a three-point shooter all the way out there. But I'm trying to think of, like, or maybe even a younger player. NECA, who's to like me, even younger? is, like, power. Yeah. That's really what yeah. in her game stands out to me more than yeah. this, like, you know, finesse, I would say. Like, yeah. I think that she's just 
a hurricane down yeah. there in the post, especially rebounding. I'm trying to think. We need a new finesse big. We need a new sort of like yeah. in between, not totally like you're saying, like not not a, like the tallest player on the floor, like type, but sort of like a four or five who's yeah, yeah. who's who's the footwork. Well, but tweet like, at us and let you, let us know who 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 it is because we can't come up with it off the top of our heads. But you know, you know, it's kind of a cop out. I will say Deladon. Oh sure, but she yeah. just looks so composed doing everything yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay. So basketball, and then came to Minnesota um, just a few years ago, yes. and immediately got into the links. Mm-hmm. And you 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 had to um, you forego attending games as a fan last season because you I got did. the athletic job. It was actually funny. <laughs> My husband story. got me season tickets as a birthday present. My birthday's in June, so he tells me in like April because a he's terrible. He like he cannot hold back, and he's like, "Can I tell you what it is?" But also like the season's almost starting, and then like. That week, I got hired at the athletic, and he's like, "Okay, we're never going to games then, I guess." And now we're really never going to games yeah. now that I have this new job. And, and he just brought like friends and family, right? Like yes. in your place. Like he still went to a lot of the games. He and had just, like this yeah. email chain. Was like, "Who wants who to wants go?" This game? Yeah. But now it's like you know, it's things are a little bit busy. So, but he's still he's going to stay season ticket holder, which nice. you know I support That's, and yeah. putting. We've always you know taken really seriously putting our money where our mouth is like we go to women's sports games all the time yeah well that's great that's that's super cool so then yeah now now you're here now you're part of the team now you're in the very limited traveling party of the minnesota link the links are um you know the only team in the WNBA that has a radio broadcast for both home and away so that's you you're on the road you're on the plane you're on the buses you're doing all this stuff how's how's it been so far like uh you know two-thirds into the season what's it been like you know it's been fantastic because of i think the people you're around the Mm. players um the staff the coaching staff everyone just and that's what i'm always looking for is people who understand the value of this role who don't see it as uh an inconvenience or an add-on right they understand the value of roles uh of of a, a radio role bringing that information to fans, always having this record of each game in this way and taking every single game seriously, not, you know, going all the way in. So that is something that I really appreciate. And so to kind of have that environment of support is what has made it really good. But I think also just being around this game, I'm just a fan of this league and these players. So when I saw, you know, it was a really tough loss for the Lynx, but it's like, Christy Tolliver is going off here, and she's someone who I, <laughs> yeah. you know, watched in high school too. I still remember her game winner against Duke in the national championship game, her <laughs> freshman year in two thousand six. So, seeing moments like that, it's like, all right, you are someone who I, I've watched and looked up to for a really long time. And there's just so many players like that across the league. Sylvia Fowles is another one too. And when Simone Augustus, we'll talk about this. I mean, when she's back on the floor, that's going to be another one of those like, <laughs> yeah. wow, she that that okay. I'm just calling Simone Augustus's game. You know, I still, I still always want to have that like kind of giddy feeling because this is just a cool thing to do and never losing sight of that. Yeah, no, that 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 is cool. And yeah, you you're basically as close as you can possibly be without like being on, you know, with a jersey. (laughs) Oh, like you're just you know all access in all these arenas and just you know you get to. That must be really cool. And and um, 
So what are some like players or people around the team that you've like connected with, you know, like who is like maybe unexpectedly cool or just like, <laughs> you know, like you didn't see yourself getting along with. So not, 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 not getting along with, but just like, oh, I've hit it off with so and so, you know, yeah, you know, like, what's funny who is, you hang with, you know what I mean? Like yeah. who are your people with the, with the traveling crew? Well, definitely like the staff, of course, the PR mm. may yeah. have been uh, uh, Aaron Freeman Aaron and Free. the, um, Claire, also, Claire Duellis. Yep, Claire yeah. Duellis. Yep, exactly. Who is the uh, the assistant GM, um, and even uh, our head trainer, nice, Chuck. Uh, Chuck Barda. Yeah. He's fantastic to be around too. I do, you know, like I shouldn't say like don't integrate myself like kind of off the court because I just you know it's it's just a different kind of setting and those mm. relationships come like intrinsically yeah um i would say you're still new you're the new one yeah no exactly <laughs> i would say and this is so i just think it fits her and her game and just being a point guard but danielle robinson i think she makes an effort to get along with everyone That's cool. and understand everyone and yeah. i had just a great conversation with her i don't know if this is aired during any of the uh, national TV games, but our sit down interview before the season, it was just mm. such a good conversation about being a point guard and connecting nice. with everyone. Like people talk about that with catchers having to mm. know the personalities of every single one of their pitchers. And it's the same thing for a point guard. And I really appreciated that conversation and that sentiment. And she's kind of like that, you know, in person too, but everyone is always just professional and respectful. And there's, you know, Really, no problems. Yeah, no, you get that vibe for sure. I think I, I get that vibe, you know, being you know media for for the links, but then also like league wide. Like I think it's just a natural thing in the WNBA, just like the situation that they're in. Like you're just not going to get the egos that you're going to get in other professional yeah. sports, or the sort of like standoffish, or you know, I make all this money, so screw you, like stuff like that. It's just yeah. like that, that you don't see that in the WNBA as much. I think everyone's extremely approachable and i was mm. in visiting locker rooms a lot yeah. last year not so much this year but i think you know when you can walk up to diana tarasi's locker room uh, or locker yeah. and you can just ask her anything totally and feel comfortable doing it i mean that's a that's a special thing i know yeah that was something i went through yeah that was hard at first but then you just kind of <laughs> get used to it and it is crazy to think yeah totally or just like yeah deladon or grinder all these like huge stars and yeah you just go right in and they're so approachable like you said approachable and easy to talk yeah. to and but like you said too like it is about this it is i think another thing that helps is they understand that they, they by being available and by being helpful to media and everybody like that pushes everything forward so it's also this understanding yes. of like all right we're in this together even if we're on different teams or whatever like we're we're, we're going to act a certain way here you know because it's only beneficial to them they want their stories told yeah, they want yeah exposure and we really benefit from that all of us yeah no that's cool well that's good so things have been good i'm glad to hear it you know what i mean not that i would expect any other but you know it's it's your first year i'm sure it's all it's also been stressful too yeah, at times. there was uh, in atlanta and this is the first time back in state farm arena yeah. downtown atlanta where yeah. the hawks play and there was some kind of just kind of mix up with my setup and I didn't end up getting on air till six minutes before our pregame show started. Oh my God. This is a little bit stressful. Yeah. I'm just glad we figured it out because I was talking with uh, producer Cal Soderquist about, all right, this is what you do to do a game by the phone, which is the wow. absolute worst case scenario. You never want to do that. Holding a phone up to your face for an entire game. It also sounds terrible over the air. <laughs> so you were luckily, I had discussion. a phone charger. Yeah, we you were already like, like, preparing for do. this. Yeah. Uh, luckily, it was like 
just so clutch. We finally figured it out with the staff that was there. And we're going back to Atlanta, and I'm sure everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Everything else, everyone who helped us was, yeah. was really, really good. They just renovated, though, right? Like, they th- did. It's a brand new situation over there in some ways. So, But maybe that's part of the problem. Yes. <laughs> so there are things that come up there. Yeah. But um, everyone, like even around the league, has been really helpful. That's great. I mean, you're you're kind of you're one of a kind, right? Like, yeah. Most, that's probably the other thing of like, wait, there's a road radio yes, today? Like, where, like, we have to put you where? Like, <laughs> You need a seat. It's like, oh yeah, it's the links. They have a road radio person. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. That's you every time, right? <laughs> every exactly. single time you're like, hey. Although I, I know do, you don't do this every game, but here I am. It, well, that's the thing is, like, I would like to sit right here, and sometimes they're like, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, not the scorers table, you know, <laughs> not enough room there. <laughs> Can't have you seeing things. <laughs> um, okay, so that's Sloan. You guys know Sloan, um, but we are. Let's talk about uh, the team here uh, on the court and stuff like that. The team is uh, currently ten and ten. As we record this a few days before their first game, at, coming back from the break, three and four since our last show, and um, yeah, let, on the floor, let's talk about it. What what uh, what's been happening around the team? I mean, they've come, they're coming in on this three game losing streak. Four out of five, too. four out of five. Yep, dropped lots of games um, before the break, and um, but then they also had a nice like um, winning streak on the road in there, which is yeah. nice to win in Connecticut. Um, and Still, then, Connecticut's only home loss. Oh yeah, yeah. they're like ten one yes. <laughs> home or something. That's exactly. crazy. And then they won in Chicago. The team yep. won in Chicago. Game winner with Honesty Sims. So I think those were like two really good games, especially with the roster they had at the time. Like this whole chunk that were you know that just happened like was mostly without Dantes. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so you're gonna have that's huge. You know, that's just not having her around is big big, and to be able to win on the road against good teams like those are those are huge those are huge wins. Yeah. But I thought that that stretch was so illustrative of this team this season, where mm. there were just amazing moments. I thought that Connecticut game was fantastic. That Chicago game. I mean, Chicago's that was the Asia above- Taylor game. That Chicago yeah. game was the Asia Taylor game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. The Asia Taylor game. That's what we got to call it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and Chicago's above them in the standings right now. They're yeah, winning games, so that's a really good win. Yeah. They, I think they have, in my mind, two of the most athletic players in the league in Gabby Williams and Diamond DeShields, yeah. although Williams' role is uh, kind of reduced at the moment. But um, really good wins. And then you lose to Atlanta. Yeah. That's hard. It's a really tough one. Yeah, and they I have think the worst we, record in the league. It was in their building, but yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. But And that's not just, like, I think that Atlanta still has a lot of talent, mm. even oh, without yeah. Angel McCautry. It's yeah. always been, like, this mystery to me this whole season. Like, how can their their record be this bad? Yeah, I watched them lose know? to Indiana last night, and, you know, They shot thing. 29%. Like, yeah, and this, but there's so many good players. You know, you see it's Elizabeth Williams, and, you know, you see, you know, I, I don't know what's happened with Hayes this year, but, you know. Breland's di- production is down, too. So, yeah, I mean, I guess there's stuff like that, but you're right, they have they have names. You know, they have players you expect, at least, to be, yeah. you know, a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, and then, I mean, the last three games of the losing streak here in the last, last three, I mean, we're talking Seattle, Washington, in Vegas, right? Like those are the yeah. those are some of the best teams in the league. So I mean, obviously losing all three of them in a row is is tough, but you can kind of you know you know it's not quite as bad when you look at the quality of of opponent right yeah. there. You know, facing those tough teams. And it was great to see those comeback attempts because that was, I mean, those were the first times they've been down yeah. twenty <laughs> points in a game this season. They only have one double digit loss this whole year. Them wow. and Indiana have pay, played the most clutch minutes. Oh. This yeah. season of any team. So these games have been just so close. And you think about how many times things could have gone one way or the other to be 10 and 10 at this point. But I think that that was, I don't want to say, you know, shocking, but it was different to see them down 
by that much. Yeah. Um, and of course, battling back, we've seen that so many times this season, but that was, uh, you know, something new during this stretch. Yeah, and, and yeah, ten and ten, you know, five hundred, you know, we, you know, calling back to the last Los Links talk show we did with Kay Davidson, uh, we literally said on the show it'd be great if they were five hundred coming out of this, right? Because you looked mm-hmm. at who the injuries they had and the sort of opponents they had to play in these last seven games, and it was like oh, yeah. if they can be at the break five hundred, it doesn't feel good because you, you lost those those three right before the break, and you had all these, but that road winning streak there really boosted them up and really gave them a little cushion to play with with. You know, a lot of their players hurt. Um, you know, speaking of injuries, though, Dantas is back. She played. Uh, did she play just the one game before the break? Uh, the Washington Day game was that the only one, or did she play the, day, the game before? Yeah, yes. two. Yeah, so she played two games, limited minutes. I think they, you know, they made sure to keep her under twenty or around twenty, I yeah. guess, for the game. So, and then just obviously feeling her way back and you know trying to you know just get better there. So, uh, I, can we expect her? Do you think to get back to where she was at the beginning of the season here? I mean, hitting all the threes and just you know pulling down rebounds and stuff. I think they really want and need that to happen (laughs) because you saw how much of a catalyst she is offensively and the role she plays defensively. And that was really, you don't want to say that. I mean, she's having a great rookie season, but Nafisa Collier really had some tough games when she was forced to play the four, when she had to really battle those kinds of players on defense and then on the other side really pound inside as, as much as you can. Yeah, the game um, against Seattle with Howard uh, versus yes. Howard really stands out. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, think about Dewana Bonner oh. lit them up for 22 in the first half. So <laughs> those are definitely performances that stand out. But I think seven games, that's a lot of time and that is a lot of time that you are not you know conditioning you're not playing at that WNBA speed so I think that plays a role in just kind of getting her back to speed I'll be really interested to see after having this full week off that other teams have not had the luxury of of getting here this season or this part of the season so that's what I think I'm most interested in coming in after the break is can they get that back from Demiris Dauntis, because I liked what Cheryl said, that I think her threat from outside, that has had a direct effect on Odyssey Sims. not Getting to the line nine times, or I should say nine attempts, in the entire month of July. She's still, mm-hmm. I want to say 13th or so in free throw attempts, number. because... Yeah. But that was such a huge part of her, obviously, scoring mm-hmm. uh, during that stretch of seven games or so when she was averaging 22 points. She was getting to the line between four and ten times a game, and then you only shoot nine free throw attempts. So just having her presence to spread the floor, she's still shooting, you know, 40-something percent from long range. Yeah, I think you're right that yeah that that will hopefully open things up a little bit, both for Sill and for Odyssey's drives. So yeah. right? Having Dantas out there stretching the floor. Uh, yeah, I think is I think Don, it's either Dantas or Lexi Brown who are number one on the team in three point percentage. Both of them are right up there, yeah. right above forty percent. So you know that's great. And if she can even you know shoot in the mid thirties here on out, like that's going to be huge and such a big um, boost to the to the Lynx offense. Um, yeah, Sims. Yeah, Sims free throws. That's that's got to change. I mean, I think going, again going back to the, that road win streak. That's when those things were happening. I think yeah. she had ten free throws in that loss to Atlanta in Atlanta. So. I don't know what the difference is, though. I guess it's. I guess you can, you know, chalk it up to not having Dauntus around and, and and certain things like that. But I don't know. I feel like sometimes all that stuff is just mentality and sort of, you know, getting in there. And and, and it's not like she. I don't, know, I don't even feel like she's getting in there and not getting fouled. It's like she's just yeah. kind of not getting in there. But that's such a just a huge part of her game. And yeah. I mean, we were talking about you know players from college who I've, you know, really 
like admired yeah. and she was one of them just because she is i use the word all the time to describe her just being fearless mm. the kind of shots that she's able to get up at five foot eight though how deep she's able to penetrate at five foot eight you know with her speed with her toughness you see it all the time so you want to see that reward with the free throws yeah so yeah i think that's something that that really needs to get back to the to where it was so over the last few weeks over the last stretch of games here the links are uh, last seven games 10th in offense in the league and uh fifth in defense uh, by offense and defensive rating so the offense really is where things is, have slipped you know particularly i think in the previous last three games with you know those losses there um playing some good defenses um let's start with the offense then to me yeah the free throw line we touched on that um and then just being efficient in general, I think, has been kind of a problem. And I think a lot of that, too, comes down to their transition, which, um, you know, that's something that's huge. When links get stops and when links get rebounds, that's that feeds their offense in a very, you know, important way that I feel like kind of hasn't been there sort of recently. And that's another hard one where it's like, what do you do? You just got to get stops and get rebounds and go. But for some reason, that's been lacking over the last few games. What, what do you think about the Lynx, you know, transition, uh, you know, attack and what we can expect here? Is that going to come back around, you think? Or do you think we might not see that so much here going going forward? You know, it's hard to say because it's been so up and down. You know, they really were yeah. they were far from a fast break team early on this season. And then there's a stretch where they, I think, over a five to seven game period, they were like top quarter of the league in um, fast break points per game. And it was mm. really coming together. We saw so many dimes between Sims and Robinson. It was really exciting to watch. And I think you're right, really fueling their offense, getting those high percentage shots when it's a two on one or something like that. You have the advantage. But it was, I think, something teams are focusing on taking away sure. from them, yeah. making them work in the half court which is going to be more difficult exactly <laughs> yeah. and then washington i think is where it really stood out because the links also during this stretch were scoring off of turnovers well mm. washington doesn't turn it over at all mm. i mean they are yeah. the lowest in the league in terms of uh, fewest turnovers per game so that's a huge chunk of their offense that the links are going to be missing because of that yeah so yeah you- so they have to figure out a way to keep. I mean, hopefully, again, with Dante's coming back and you know Simone and stuff, like hopefully their half court offense will improve. But I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith necessarily in that. To me, they just need to continue to score. They need to push the ball and get those easy baskets. No matter what, they got to try and score that way. Just it's just so much easier for them when they do that. And there's no, there's no reason they can't because of their defense. You know, like their defense is so good for the most part. As we said, dropped off the fifth in the league over the last seven games. But overall, they're a top three defense, and they should be in that range for the rest of the season. You should be able to get stops and go the other way, especially you know with players who get steals like D. Rob and and Sims and stuff. So I don't see why they can't get back to that, but it is sort of mystifying sometimes when you see them not running and it's just like, yeah, I can see why you only scored sixty five points tonight or whatever it is, or sixty points tonight because hey, you know you couldn't get out in transition. So that's something we need to keep an eye on. And then um, they're still last in the league in turnovers. Is it, I feel like this is more of yeah. a thing where it's like, this is not going to change. <laughs> like I, I got hope from the, tr- the transition to come back. But, man, I, and I don't know that that's even a certain player. I mean, I look it up. Yeah, Sims is averaging the most turnovers. And, um, you know, you got, you know, I think Lexi's up there as well. So you get some young players. You know, you, that's maybe to be expected. And they're trying to force it into Sill a little bit too much. You know, having a, such a reliance on post-entry passes to Sill and lobs especially. You're going to get turnovers overs but i don't know this is just sort of a mystifying thing that has been they've been at the bottom all year long and i don't know how it gets better like i don't know it just keeps happening yeah i kept thinking uh, before the three game losing streak that they had turned 
a corner yeah. because you remember early on this year, it was like almost every game. It was 20 yeah, plus. Yeah, to 20, yeah. Yeah, so um, I thought that they had turned a corner, like really realized how to play with Sylvia. You know, you have mm-hmm. so many players who have never played with her before, just learning where That's she wants point. the ball, yeah. how to yeah. get it to her. And I was like, it, it clicked. And then again, I think against Washington, they went back up to 21 or so, which is to be expected. I mean, Washington is not a strong defensive team. I Mm -hmm. want to say they're seventh or so in defensive rating. Um, But I think that they really disrupted that again. It was like reverting back to what we saw so early on this season. Yeah, so, yeah, those turnovers. They just, yeah, they're kind of just part of the game for the Lynx, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I don't know, you know, what they need to, I guess, but yeah, I think you're right, I, you know, about Sill and getting used to her. Even someone like Sims, like, yeah, she's a veteran. She knows probably knows Sill and stuff, but, like, she's never really played with her on a team like this, so how do you get used to that and knowing right where she wants it and all these things? But, yeah, it's too bad. The turnovers, are, they're hard to watch, the turnovers. Yeah, I mean, you have to hope that it improves. Yeah throughout the unofficial second half, I guess, because it has, I think, hurt them too much. And defensively, um, to me, still still pretty solid, but the three-pointers have been an issue, right? Like guarding against the three-point line. That is yes. something that you mentioned Duana Bonner going off for 21 first-half points or whatever it was. Like those were mostly threes. Um, even, you know, Natasha Howard and, you know, other other matchups they've had, they've had sim, you know seemingly Allie like Quigley yeah, had six someone's going them. off on them, you yeah. know, or, yeah, Tolliver too was the other yep. one recently where it's like, oh, my gosh, like, Especially when it's one player, and what I thought was very interesting, and this was, I believe, it was the last. I believe it was. It was either the. No, I think it was Sammy Whitcomb um, in Seattle. Yeah. And yep. Cheryl says after the game, like, I don't know what to tell you. Basically, like, I, I, you know, they're not following the game plan. Like, instead of going over the screens, they're going under, and I just, I, I can't. I that was surprising to me that it's literally just like the players not like doing the right thing. Like it's yeah. and to me like it's not it doesn't seem complicated either. Like I don't pretend to know the complexities of a of a WNBA defense and offense, but like I know the simple concept of going under or over a screen, <laughs> right? Like it doesn't seem that tough to me. So it was kind of surprising to hear of like here's the reason why players are just messing up the coverage. Like that is weird to me. <laughs> and that is like they got to fix this because there's a lot of teams who can shoot it. There's not many teams who don't have threats from from 3 and it's been killing the Lynx. Yeah, and they're I mean, all these players know each other and know their games. They've been playing together for so yeah. long on different kinds of teams since college, overseas, and during, you know, shoot around and during practice, they refer to every player like by their names. Mm. You know, everyone knows who sure. Sammy Whitcomb is. <laughs> yeah. um, so you're right that that's something that should just be automatic in their minds that 80% of her attempts are from three point oh range. Gosh. And that's the value. That's what brought her into a WNBA roster. She was just off living in Australia as like, a, I think she's a dual citizen there. Okay, yeah. her, her wife lives there uh-huh. and they met while playing. Wow. And, it was like, you know, several years after she graduated, come back over here, make some threes for us. And that's what she's doing. Like, that is her lifeline. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, I mean, there's other players like that. I mean, Sugar Rogers and Shakina Strickland, though. Those players have had. You put us out on games. the floor. We're not going to be able to guard these players, but we're going to we're going to know to go over the screen on yes. on, on Sammy Whitcomb, right? Like, so you would think the players just would have that ingrained in them. Like you're saying, like there's only 144 of them. Like you're talking about growing up, knowing the players, you know, watching the players and stuff. Like, I don't know. That, that seemed kind of crazy to me, that, that, especially because it like literally kind of lost you the game. Like the barrage of three pointers are losing you this game, and it's literally just about the players forgetting to go over a screen. That's jeez. Can't believe. It. I mean, it takes 
I mean, it's tough, and you take yeah. a beating trying to get through. No, uh, I, yeah. you know these centers, and um, you know that's not to make an excuse for not doing it, but it's like over and over and over again having to execute that every single yeah. time because I mean there have been other players in the league this season that have kind of gone off against the links like I still mm-hmm. it's like ingrained in my mind Kelsey Plum scoring 21 <laughs> against them and I know that goes yeah. back to like mid-June but yeah. um you know you listed off Howard and, and Tolliver and Quigley and yeah. it's like they especially on the perimeter yep. have to really pay close attention to that well it's like you have Sims and D-Rob too it's like you have good quality defensive oh, yeah. backcourt players so I don't I think both of them like on ball are excellent yeah but yeah so guarding the three-point line anything else defensively you could see improving or needing to improve here for the links uh to me that, that three-point line is an issue but still got still in the middle like she's she's holding it down right i think they're doing yeah, pretty well on the yeah. points in the paint i mean her blocks are down a little okay. bit but she's still um you know is one of the greatest of all time yeah in that regard um you know with their defense the one thing that they're going to relinquish is like long twos. That's mm-hmm. what they want to force every single time. And that's another part of that three point conversation. Like do anything to run them off the three yeah. point line. Yeah. Um, but that is something I do think about with Indiana because they get the most points from mid range shots in the league. And then Candace Dupree is she's all time. She just, she she's does not get player. enough. Uh, yeah, I know. She just, I don't think she gets enough recognition. Her and Simone, I think are the best, just pure mid range shooters yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, maybe like in the game's history. So I think about going into their next game against Indiana where they, they hit those shots. They yeah. take a lot of those mid range shots, but they also make them. Um, so that is something that I think hurt them in that first time. Yeah, that's very that's very Spursy and uh, San Antonio Spurs. I think. Oh like, yes. Same thing with them, but it's like, hey, if that's where your bread's buttered, like, yeah, it's not really like you know considered like progressive, you know, new basketball to yes. shoot those shots. But if that's if you've got Lamarcus Aldridge on your team, like that's what he does best is hit the mid range shots and, and Demar Derozan yeah. and stuff. So it's like you, sometimes you have to go with that. And hey, Dupree, that that's her jam. But yeah, she doesn't really get thought of because it's not it's not like sexy because she does that's all she does exactly Whereas, like simone can like break you down and like oh or hit crossover you, hit you with the crossover yep. and get to the hoop so it's like oh simone's cool and it's like <laughs> dupree you know same like kind of level of player is like doesn't really get talked about quite yeah. as much right because yeah. it's just shooting jumpers <laughs> i know but i appreciate it i still appreciate yeah, that part appreciate of the it it's greatness um okay so that's kind of what happened um let's talk about some news things um we're, let's start with uh chechi zondalicini uh cheryl reeve on uh what be Wednesday um, mentioned and kind of broke the news that she would not be uh, coming over um, to join the Lynx this year after a period where she was even stateside and was in the was in the facility and getting her ankle checked out. I believe she injured her ankle. It was did she injured Eurobasket or did, yes. it was it was a club team. And she um, no, I think it did happen at okay. Eurobasket. Yeah, and she had kind of a down tournament. Um, yeah, and I, I think we know why. Yeah. You need her out there. And, yeah, I think they made it to the semifinals, but um, no further than that. But disappointing for the Lynx um, to not have her come through. I mean, we knew it would be a weird year with Eurobasket anyway, with her and Temi kind of joining halfway through. Um, but then to have the injury and then have it be so bad that you can't even bring her over is like that. Nobody thought nobody saw that coming, right? Like, this is kind of crazy. No, it's it's really tough because I think she's someone who the Lynx see for the future, and you don't want to be losing this time with her. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's really interesting to think, too, that she would, based on her age, and I believe she would be a rookie this year. Okay. If not a second-year player. I, I see. I could be um, mixing up those two. But that's how young she is. Yeah. So to have a, 
a really tight role in her development and, and kind of missing out on this year, I think is a really tough thing because they want to see improvement from her because they know the kind of potential she has. Yeah, and 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 also just her skill set of being able to stretch the floor with the shooting. I mean, that's her main thing. Oh yeah, you know, and and you know, that's actually you know that's something that she needs to grow. She needs to grow out of just being a shooter and being sort of like a an offensive only type of player. She obviously she has height and a little bit of length to be able, which to which I think helps do her do some other a things. Lot. Yeah, so I think like she can grow, and like you said, she's so young. You know, she's we really shouldn't be. It's hard because you see her play against you know these European teams and stuff like that, and other WNBA players in the off season and stuff. And she's holding her own, and she played the links last year, and, two, and even a little bit two years ago. And so, you know, so you see her out there, and you, it's like, okay, this is a player. But then, like you're saying, if it, you I look at her age, if she's 23 or 22 yeah. or something, and it's yeah. like, okay, like let's give her a little more time here. So, you know, last season, yeah, for me, at last season, I was thinking, all right, what else can you do, Chechi? Can you can you handle in a pick and roll, please? Can you grab a rebound, please? Like stuff like that. But you know, you got to factor in the age and sort of like the learning curve that it takes to get into the league a little bit here. And I I, I personally need to remind myself that sometimes times because i forget it because she looks so polished and she looks like a pro and she's yeah. tall and all this stuff and you're like oh yeah you got this right <laughs> and i watched quite a bit of Eurobasket. i don't watch a nice. ton of overseas play just because that's like college basketball season and that's really where my attention Can you, is like subscribe with like fiba for that like how do you get the games i don't how know how do you stream the games i don't know but i was I, able yeah, to stream Eurobasket. great and, I mean, it does look a lot different than mm. WNBA. I mean, I know that's always, you know, the, the stereotype, even with men, that it's, quote, unquote, softer, that <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, not as much con uh, contact. Yeah, more and, finesse. And, right, yeah. right. But, like, that is also just what the WNBA is. It's all of those things plus intense athleticism and physicality and toughness. Like, it just looks different yeah. on the floor. And I think that there, you can't, underestimate that kind of adjustment when you're used to feeling certain things used to being able to get certain shots off that you just aren't seeing in the WNBA that can take a, a big adjustment to uh, kind of maintain that confidence and, and try in other ways but it's it's a jump it's a difference yeah and and you know I think yes I think she has a good pathway to continue forward in her development you know playing with I think she's with Fenerbahce in, in Turkey you know playing with one of the better, you know, EuroLeague teams and then, you know, all this national experience and then even a little sprinkle of WNBA experience. Seems like she's got a – that's a good base to go from. Like you're saying, a lot of, like, young players don't have any of that. They're just coming from, like, a college program. And, yeah. hey, here's the league. So at least she has kind of that going for her. And then I think another bright side for the Lynx is that, you know, they can hopefully make sure that she's ready for next year. You know, it would be unfortunate if she got re-injured this year or something like that or you, know, you push her and try a player and then something happens and then she, you know, sets back her her offseason which sets back her next w so i don't know I, I think there's you know you're kind of by playing it i think it's a good idea to play it safe is kind I of what agree. i'm saying here right you're thinking Link's about probably going to win the title this year so let's let's uh you know let's 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 know where we are and let's yeah think long term she's a young player you still have her reserved rights for a few years here and stuff so it's not like a situation where you need to appease her so that you come back to your team next year it's like no she's she's not under contract but she i believe the links do have her rights so like if she's going to play in the WNBA, essentially she has to put the links so you know, so I, I think it is a good idea to kind of play it safe. I agree because yeah. you just you want her around for as long as possible, and you think about how much basketball she's been playing, and she's going to go yeah. back to Turkey and play. You just want to have um, just her body in the right 
place so that it doesn't come around to April again. And then you find yourself in a different kind of uh, injury situation. Yeah. Um, one more thing before we look ahead. Let's talk about uh, Rookie of the Month. Nafisa Collier has, um, she, she did it. She finally won a Rookie of the Month after many, a couple an months. An uproar. An uproar. Yes. yes. People I were very upset. So. People were very upset last month. Has it only been two now? They don't do one for I May, so. right? I think so, yeah. That was, so there's been June and this one was July um, announced today as we record this. So I guess what we want to talk about is less about this award and more about like where does she stand for Rookie of the Year going at the end of the season here and it's probably a two-person race here would you say like her yeah. and Goomba, um, Goomba Wale I can oh, Goomba very good Wale. very good you taught me to say Goomba in the middle Goomba <laughs> Wale no I, I I brought that part up I just got to remember Mario Goomba a Goomba Wale. There you go. It's the two of them, right? At the top for, for this, I don't, don't you know think? I don't know who that is. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, oh, in, in Mario, the little bad guys. Oh. They have like eyes and they're brown. They're like little lumps. Like those yes. are Goombas. Which no is idea. also like an Italian. I think that's like kind of like maybe even like a slur. Like maybe we shouldn't be saying it now. But to like call an Italian person like a Goomba. Like I think that's where that comes from because the Mario Brothers are Italian. They're oh, these Italian gosh. brothers. So it's like an Italian. I think it's like, I don't know. I actually could be like a thing of like it, it's a term of endearment amongst Italian people or whatever. Okay. Anyway. That um, makes sense. Now yeah, I'm on Goomba, board with your comparison. A Goomba Wale. Um, right? The two of them probably yeah, up there. Would you put I, anybody else in there? McCallan maybe? She's really risen up. Um, I thought that Asia Durr would be in there a little bit more. Third in scoring, I think, amongst Uh, rookies. Yes. And I think that what sets the difference between Agumbawale and Collier, both of them play just huge roles on both of their teams. I mean, Agumbawale has scooped in to become, or swooped in, I should say, yeah. to become like the, the Skylar Diggins Smith replacement yeah. where they threw her the keys to the car. Here exactly. Yeah. No, that's a great it's way to put now. it, yeah. which it seems it's very on Brian Agler, like, <laughs> uh, which is interesting yeah. to watch. Yeah. But I think that she kind of has this, I mean, she's just a volume shooter. Mm. You know, she's had a couple really tough nights yeah and i think people, yeah that, exactly that's what you get you get out. these yeah. <laughs> she hit this one shot against the links it was like this prayer <laughs> desperation bank three and i was bank. like i couldn't yeah. believe seeing it even from her yeah. and kind of the history that she has in her career um at notre dame and i still was like but that's what you get yep. you get Sometimes she has a two for 23 night, which ah, happened the game crazy. before yeah, I remember that. Uh, they played the links and she's had a couple of those, you know, she'll be five for 17, for example. Um, but like Collier, she's just so steady. Mm. She's so dependable. And I think she plays not the same kind of role, but they depend on her in a, in a very similar way yeah. to, um, just be really productive on, and she like on both sides of the ball too. I look at her steals. I look at her rebounds. I look at her shooting. You see her as uh, a teammate on this team, trying to make things happen when there's so many different pieces. She's new, and I think she's the kind of player where she could play on any team, and she would be that exact kind of player. Just someone who really hustles, who knows what kind of shot they're looking for, who's going to play really tough defense all the time. And I think she really carries a lot of respect and appreciation for that kind of role. So I think when you take all those things into account, she does stand out for rookie of the year. Um, 
but we'll see. And I wonder, it's it's really going to be telling what sort of voters, you know, value in that kind of way. And is it just scoring? Is it just scoring? Is it about who is sort of more of the alpha on their team? You know what I mean? Because and you know, yeah, scoring and more of like the player. You know, I think a Goomba Wall is going to be there. But then you look at. You know, if you look at team success and, you know, Nafisa starting on a team that looks like they're going to be in the playoffs or, you know, at least be closer than the wings are, um, you know, to have that added in there, plus all the sort of other things that you're talking about, the rebounding, the defense, you know, just being in the right place, seeming to sort of like have it at a young age, you know, yes. sort of. And this maturity in yeah, her game, I would describe yeah. her as being very mature. Yeah. And then also, I think the all-star nod will actually come into play here. You know, the fact that she was, you know, so highly voted by the fans and then eventually got in as injury replacement like I don't know I think like those things will also kind of be I think Nafisa essentially has all the kind of like other stuff in there that you would need for from a, a rookie of the year except for she's probably not going to be the leading scorer yeah. uh, of them all so but I think if she uh, keeps it around it'll be close. double figures yeah, um, yeah I think that will really help her a lot like because 13 11 I think you yeah know, yeah I think that Tierra McCowan is kind of creeping up but yeah. I think what also helps her case is just having more wins yeah um, yeah. And really contributing to those wins a lot. Yeah. I was just looking up. I know that you were looking up. Yeah. Rookie of, yeah, rookies of the year. Rookies of the year. Rookie 12 of the, of the last 15 rookies of the year have been the leading scorer in their class. That's there, typically the thing. I'm surprised. There was one seven, seventh overall pick. This oh. was the very first Tracy Reed in 98. Okay. There's been two yeah, other far, about, number six, Tamika Johnson. Because yeah, usually it's number Lennox. one. Usually it's the number one pick. Oh, yeah. Count it, bank it, you know. Or but this year two. won't be, by all accounts, probably won't be this year. No, um, I don't and, think so. Yeah, so this year will be a different kind of year. So maybe it can be a different year as far as the scoring thing, too, and yeah. if it can win it. But either way, it'll probably be close. They're probably going to both be very deserving, and one will be upset. One fan base will be upset about it. So, you know, she'll be right there. What's important is that Nafisa is a, looks like a quality starter for, for many, many years to yes. come and a great pick at six. So, a come on. A great pick at yeah. six. I mean, I think that when Dallas picked Arike, yeah, they were six. probably celebrating. Yeah. Both were very happy about their yeah. player falling to them. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Both franchises. All right, quickly, let's uh, before we wrap this up, let's look ahead to the next seven games here. Um, we're uh, at Indiana, at Atlanta. Um, little road trip for Sloan. Um, home against Lots Connecticut. Lots of road trips for Sloan. <laughs> home against Connecticut. And then at Washington, at New York. And then home against Washington. So we got some bottom teams there with uh, Indiana, Atlanta, and uh, then we have three top teams in, in there as well with uh, you know Connecticut. But anyway, you know, so so yeah, so coming up here in Indiana and Atlanta, two of the bottom teams in the league. But you know, I think uh, we've lost to Atlanta. Have we lost to Indiana. I don't think so. I think we've no, won but our they did almost lose a fourteen so point second. You half say, league. hey, the bottom of the league, but as we know, all the teams are tough on any yes. given night, as they say. So you know, you can definitely lose if you're not careful so i don't know what do we think about the next group of games here i think again i look at this and i'm like can can we get 500 out of this next seven can you go four and three or three and four because playing washington twice playing connecticut once i mean links need to make a move here you know um you know to stay where they are i mean Sorry to keep going on this, but if you look, in my opinion, I feel like we have the eight playoff teams, right? We have yeah. them. Uh, New York is the ninth team, and they are, I think, like only like a game and a half behind the Lynx. So I guess you could say them. Yeah, they've I, won I, more I than I it. thought. I, I don't see how the Lynx play worse than them here on out. Injuries obviously can happen. That's a different thing. But if everyone stays healthy, I feel like we have our eight playoff teams. Um, so, yeah, so the, I feel the Lynx, you know, they got to hang on to that eighth, you know, maybe move up to, you know, a few spots higher. That's definitely in the cards for them. As well but i feel like they're at least a playoff team but 
don't know what do you see in the next slate of games, uh, and, and um, you know, especially here, just recently, you're coming up quickly, going to Indiana and then um, uh, going to what's what's the other one? Atlanta, yeah. Well, I think those two, uh, Indiana and Atlanta, are just they feel even more important because they have to be won. Yeah, Gotta get back um, of on course, track. of course, of course, they're on the road. That's going to be difficult. Ooh. They've they've lost on the road. The Fever had a really great crowd when we were there, and Erica Wheeler is like just carrying this surge of confidence right now. And she's a great story, and she had a good night uh, against the Dream in their most recent game after the All Star break. And I think that they're really kind of playing around her now. And she's yeah. making herself in, into kind of a star player this year. She's been a great story. So I would kind of watch out for that. She's just on a really big role right now. Um, you just don't want to get caught thinking we're going to, to beat these teams yeah. because they are below us yeah. in the standings. Um, or look ahead to thinking, well, we're playing Washington, you know, two times uh, within a couple week period and that yeah. was a really tough game or we want to get back at them something like that and then i also think new york is just kind of tricky they have yeah. had some really poor games this season big losses and then other times they look like they could be a playoff team and of course they're really close to potentially being one so that is one that i think is kind of tricky too and then also going on the road i think you said it that there's just so much in the league this year where anyone could win any time. And I think that's dangerous for a, a typical 500 team like the Lynx that have had so many games just go one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. And yeah, these teams all have their own little streaks and stuff, right? Like oh, you're yeah. saying with New York, sometimes you just don't really know what kind of team you're going to get. You know, that's really hard. But I think for the Lynx, they, they don't... It'd be one thing if they were atop of the league and then maybe you maybe sleep on uh, Atlanta or something like that. But to be where they are at 10-10 and 10 and having lost the last three games and stuff like that and still getting players back, like they probably feel like, yeah, I don't think there's any worry about them, you know, you know sleepwalking through one of these or, or you know assuming they have it in the bag like that's or lose i just mean also just yeah. like building a lead and letting uh, them get yeah, back and then that atlanta game was yeah. just so uncharacteristic too because they just never they never mm. led in that game yeah. so just avoiding i think those major pitfalls in terms of just trying to be consistent for an entire 40 minutes well, let's hope the Lynx uh, get to the free throw line and uh, defend the three point line and right run right. These are the these are the ways they can win these games, right? We get... Force turnovers. Yes, yep. yes, we got to do those things. Um, cool. I think that's about it. That's um, that's a look ahead to some of the next games and look back at what happened before the All Star break. Uh, Sloan, where do people follow you on the internet? How can they how can they follow your stuff? Twitter is yeah. at Sloan Martin. S-L-O-A-N-E. There's an E at it mm-hmm. uh, at the end. And uh, yeah, lots of link stuff. Yeah, and you can hear Sloan uh, Bob FM every game, right? Every that's single right. game. It's or like the Lynx app. Ooh, that's a good way. Yes. Who has a radio anyway? You gotta get the Lynx app. Streaming audio. You that's what it is. My full-time job is in radio, too. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I have one in my car. I mean, hey, it's 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 called radio, but the the device that people are hearing it through is probably mostly their computer, right? That is true. That <laughs> a is computer true. of sorts, <laughs> or the one that's in your pocket, one that's uh, on your desktop, whatever. One of those things. Listen to the games that way. Um, Sloan will be yeah calling the games here enough the re- rest of the season, and uh, hopefully the links, um, you know, hopefully the links can keep it going. And uh, yeah, they're ten and ten right now. To Fourteen games remaining then. That's right. And yeah, so that's uh, that'll be something to watch. And we will be back with another 
Los Links talk show here in a few weeks. Who the guest will be? I don't know. Maybe Sloan can pick the guest. You just pick anybody, and we'll have oh. the guest. You know, we'll talk. We'll talk about it off the mic, maybe. But I don't know. <laughs> what is that? That could be a part of the show. The guest picks the next guest. Uh, uh, we need more like uh, you know, sort of <laughs> antics like that or something. <laughs> I don't know. But thank you for listening to the Los Links talk show. See you next time.